magic making one's own underpants. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, cheese, and whiskey operations, and of course, leadership. Different order this time. And I'm Kendall Miller. Today, I cast Big Vision, Thought Big Thoughts, and scared the shit out of myself and will be more careful next time. Today on the show, we're going to be catching up and shooting the shit, apparently. That's what I'm told. (laughs) We have a lot of shit shooting to be done and a lot of catch up to be dude uh as well um there well there's a there's a lot that's happened it's been a couple of months uh i've been been drowning we hadn't shipped an episode in a while because uh yeah kendall was underwater um yeah but but, it wasn't all the bad kind of water right no 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 it was it's good change but it doesn't mean it's necessarily easy so uh but first Let's before we dive into Kendall's problems, let's let's update on you and uh, why are you making your own underpants? <laughs> well, because because I can, I think is the simple answer nice. to this. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've tried wait, a couple you, different patterns, but yeah. How long does somebody sew before their obvious conclusion is underwear? I should make my own underwear, like oh. the cat meme with the boat yeah yeah. Thing. Like yeah. I'm sitting there with the with the paper, being like, I should make my own underpants. Um, I, don't I mean, know is this a conclusion that, yeah, is this a conclusion that everybody who sews eventually gets to, or is this, <laughs> is this unique to you? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I have definitely been told by, uh, other people, other sewists, apparently what we call ourselves is sewists, not seamstresses, yeah. cause that's gendered, not tailors, cause apparently that's also gendered. So, um, but what other seems sewists dry. have told me, seems dry. I like that. Sounds yeah, very alien. Is that <laughs> they're. People tend to be afraid of making undergarments uh, yeah. because it's kind of fiddly, especially, you know, but I, I'm fairly large. So like I did, I, I have less in the fiddly department for that. If things are scaled up a little, which I find useful in that sense. But uh, uh, yeah. I think it depends a lot more on whether you can find pants, underpants that are comfortable, you know, in, in ready to wear rather than uh, whether or not you as a sewist always come to the conclusion eventually that you should make your own underpants. I, I definitely recommend people try it. I'm seriously, I'm wearing underpants I made myself right now and they are so comfortable and I am never, ever going back to purchase underpants. Wait, because, wait, why are they more comfortable? Because you followed a pattern that made more sense because you figured out how to cut the contours that fit you mm-hmm. or because you just are more capable of buying better cotton than the other guys? Well, some of all of that, right? You can choose exactly the fabric that you want against your skin. I have a lot of issues with uh, sensory stuff. I've not, I mean, I, I don't believe that I have I've ever, I've definitely never been diagnosed with anything of that type, but lots of things make me itchy mm. or, or make me uncomfortable. I often find myself changing clothes multiple times during the day, which has been kind of awesome in terms of being stuck at home. Because when you go to the office, you can't really do that. You're just like, oh no, suddenly I'm really uncomfortable in my clothes and I can't change. But hmm. so some of it is that I can pick pick the fabric myself, things that are not going to itch, that don't have sharp edges. Um, some of it is that I did find a pattern that suits me better than the initial pattern I tried. Uh, and I also learned something about making the bands around the, you know, like often underpants have elastic around the waist and around the legs. And I mm-hmm. typically find that to be either way too loose or way too tight. Uh, mm-hmm. And even when I made my own, I had issues getting that done well. Uh, because you, you're adding a different stretchy material to the thing that you're making your underpants out of. Folks, I'm sure you did not expect to get into a discussion of the details of making underpants today, but that's the kind of podcast this is. 
Words, um, <laughs> operation, leadership, and underpants. It and says underpants. right in the beginning. I yeah. own underpantsgnomes.com. And if you're a, a long-term nice. watcher of television, you will know where that came from. But um, I, I registered that the day that episode aired, by the way, and I kept it. But um, yeah, so I, I've learned how to make the bands on the underpants that are out of the same fabric that the underpants are made out of. And so it's more comfortable. And yeah, getting getting sizing right. I found a pattern that I'm able to adapt for myself. And so I think it's all of the things that you mentioned. Definitely a revelation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, so besides underwear, what else is going on in your life? Is there anything else exciting? Is everything you've, you know, you've had some, well, I don't know what all you want to share. You've had some (laughs) complicated things. You've, I mean, life has not been free of messes for either of us, but. Uh, uh, Yeah. I mean, I think my life is a lot less complicated than yours is at the moment. There's a lot fewer moving parts, but uh, I did recently have a really bad ear infection, which I haven't had an ear infection since I was in the fifth grade. And so I had no idea what was going on. It was super painful. Turns out I had black mold in my ear. It wasn't even like the usual kind of ear infection where you take antibiotics. I don't know yeah. what happened. It's like swimmer's ear plus plus. Uh, and so, so that took a while to get better from. Did, what, did you take an antibiotic? What, did, what, what made it go away? Uh, they, I, so I ended up going to the, um, to the, the urgent care, like the, like they call it the express clinic here in town. And they, (laughs) the doctor was like, whoa. And she looked at my ear. Like she immediately knew that is definitely mold. And so she just prescribed eardrops of some kind. Um, like I got them from the prescription area, but I think they might've been available over the counter. I'm not sure, but I had to have eardrops every six hours for an entire week. And that sucked because I felt really like when you have, uh, when you can't hear, when your ears are clogged up, you know, when you have a cold and your head is full of goo and your head is clogged up and you can't really hear, you just feel super isolated. And, uh, I definitely am. I already have feelings of isolation because, you know, because of everything, but, uh, this was really not great. I couldn't think clearly. It, It really just kind of gave me a lot of appreciation for being able to hear correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was crappy. <laughs> well, so my I can identify with this because in tenth grade, yeah, it must have been tenth grade. Uh, so I was living on an ocean at the time, or near mm-hmm. an ocean, and uh, doing a lot of body surfing, uh, which you know at that age is really like thinking I'm riding waves, whether I actually am or not. Um, and um, <laughs> my hearing in one ear started to get worse and worse, and uh, Eventually, I said to my parents, I think I need to go to the doctor. I think there's something stuck in my ear. And we went to the doctor. Yikes. And similar to you, doctor looked in my ear and said, whoa, whoa. yep, that's <laughs> definitely clogged. And he poured something down in my ear that would loosen up whatever was in there. And he reached in with a pair of tweezers and pulled out something about the size of a marble. Um, I, I had gotten something. In your ear? Oh. Well, I'd gotten something small stuck in my ear from swimming or something, and then it, and then like earwax built up over <laughs> your it, ear made a pearl. Up over it. it made my ear made a pearl is exactly right. A lot less valuable pearl than than uh, you, you know it? most pearls. Um, I, I wish I had kept it because they pulled it out, they stuck it in a little baggie, and I took it and showed a couple of my friends because it was very impressive. Guess what but was like, in my ear? 
Well, so you got better over time, but I immediately went from haven't heard in a week or a, it was about a month from when it began to when I finally was like, okay, I should probably do something. It, actually, what pushed me over the top was I was playing on the high school soccer team. And at one point, somebody yelled at me off to my left and I turned to the right because I had no perception of oh, wow. uh, direction. And my friends all made fun of me. And I was like, so it's actually affecting my sporting ability. Like apparently oh, so I, I didn't care if I could hear, it. but... But it didn't yeah. hurt. I mean, it didn't hurt. It wasn't right? hurting it me. Was no, it wasn't. Uh -huh. It wasn't hurting. It was just clogged. And oh, uh, but it was weird because when he pulled it out, it, there was like a ringing because it was like uh, you know I haven't heard anything in a month and all of a sudden, like, you know, and and uh, it was a wow. It was a big adjustment. It was kind of shocking, but uh, wow. Well, I'm anyways, glad it, it wasn't hurt. black mold. This hurt like hell. Yeah, it that was really sucks. bad. Were you yeah. laid up the whole time then? I mean, were you up no, moving it, around or did it hurt to move the around? The pain went away pretty quickly after I started taking that. Like, so uh, it hurt for a day or so. And I was like, oh, maybe I poked my eardrum with a Q-tip, you know, something. I'll take some ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is magic, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it fixed it. And so I was like, okay, fine. Everything's fine. And then I went away for the weekend, which I could also talk about, actually. I'd forgotten about that. I left the house and went somewhere with some other people. Uh, but I came back after that two-day away, and my ear started hurting again, and it just got worse and worse and worse and kept me up all night. And so uh, I went to the doctor the next morning. I love this town. Like, I walked into urgent care. In Oakland, it would have been hours until I got seen, right? Because I wasn't bleeding out of any orifice. I wasn't about to die of a heart yeah. attack. Uh, I was just sitting there looking pained and a little gray from not having slept. Um, but they, they saw me and I got the prescription that afternoon and took the, the two doses. And by the, by bedtime I was able to go to sleep and it was fine. So, oh, wow. But it was just getting, you know, my ear was just all clogged yeah. up and I couldn't really work. I couldn't really think about anything. <laughs> well, okay. So also though, and this is completely unrelated. Didn't you buy an electrical bike recently? Oh, I did buy an e-bike. That's right. I, I, I was like, when when did I last talk to you, Kendall? When did we last it's have been, one of these? It's been a, it's been a while. It's, yes. Yeah. Yep. I bought a fabulous e-bike and I love it. Although I wish the weather here would improve a bit. There have been a few days when I could ride it, but like today it's raining and nasty out and I don't know when it's going to clear up, but uh, look it out the window. Is it is it clearing up? Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I had to do a bit of research because I'm heavier than the average bear. And so uh, I could not buy just any random e-bike. It would not be able to put up with me. But this one, I got a Rad Runner 2 from Rad Bikes. Wait, I'm, uh, before you continue, I'm very caught on the way that you said this and you care a lot about your words. So I need to back up for a second. You're not heavier than the average bear. Oh, You're heavier weird. than the average person. The expression uh, is smarter than the average bear. And I just co-opted it and it didn't I work out. I 100% knew what you meant, but I got so <laughs> stuck on the language that I'm like, wait a second. Like, you're not that big. Uh, uh, you know, goals. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, this bike is fantastic. I really like it. Uh, apparently, I mean, rad, the, the version rad one. Bikes, you said. Yeah, Rad Runner 2 is the rad kind Runner. I have. Okay. But Keep rad bikes, the... yeah. um, and they're pretty popular here. And also, where I was over the weekend, two weekends prior, previously that I mentioned in Victoria on Vancouver Island, there were tons of the family version of that bike, like the cargo version. Oh, wow. um, okay, yeah. But it is, it's yeah, because you can fit like three kids on it if you get the cargo version. And so there's yeah. a lot of people driving around with their kids at the farmers market, all that stuff. Heck yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. But yeah, I love it. It's uh, the Rad Runner one is was pretty cool but apparently the seat was not great and it's kind of like i think it's a 
proprietary seat situation. So uh, they they apparently took note of that feedback from their customers and made the seat totally comfortable as far as I'm concerned. And I'm giving it a workout. So, uh, so yeah, recommend. Um, I have not gone very far, but I have been to the pub and I have been to the farmer's market. And those were my two primary use cases for this so that I wouldn't have to drive in this little town. Uh, oh, and I've gone to pick up... up the hills. Like, like the beauty of an, an e-bike is it makes the mm-hmm. hill disappear. You, it's, it it right. feels like flat ground, right? Yeah. I mean, normally I would walk and like walking to town is fine. It's walking back from town because I live up a hill and yeah. I don't like, I don't like walking up the hill. It sucks, especially yeah. if I'm carrying like, you know a hedge basket full of cabbages and heavy squashes yep. and whatnot. You should see the size of the kohlrabi they grow around here. They're like the size of the your what? head. Kohlrabi. Kohlrabi with a K. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll mention this in the show notes. It's a great vegetable. Um, it's the name of a vegetable? Kohlrabi? Kohlrabi, yeah. I, I, I'm going to look this up right now because I, I don't even know what I'm picturing. How do you spell it? This is going to challenge my ability, but it's a K-O-L-H-R-A-B-I. K-O-H-L-R-A-B-I. Or it might be K-O-L-H. German tunip. It's turnip. Yeah. 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 It's a big, big, big fleshy tuber type thing. Anyway, they grow them really big and so, and they're heavy. Anyway, I don't like coming back up the hill, which is why I got this. Because then I'd be like, uh, I don't want to drive my car to the farmer's market. That's stupid. It's like walking distance from my house. Um, So then I just ended up not going and I didn't like that. So I got this e-bike and it does, it, it, it struggles at the very last part right up to my house, but me and the bike together can make it. And I'm assuming that will get easier <laughs> as I get better at biking. I almost didn't think I'd remember how. It had been literally since Burning Man 2000 that I had ridden a bike. I took a bike to the playa. I, I got one of those like beach cruisers, with the big cushy seat. 2000, 12 years ago. Yep. Keep going. I'm listening. Uh, 12 years ago? Got a big beach <laughs> Yeah, 12 years oh 20 oh my gosh <laughs> holy cow can you Ooh, not i heard handle... 2010 i didn't i did yeah, I, I, I i just couldn't you fathom that i can't take on how 2000. old i am yeah wow. yeah that was a long time ago anyways but i took this i took this beach cruiser to burning man in 2000 and i glued little i glued googly eyes all over it that the whole thing was like my bike is staring at you but then i never nice. rode it again i gave it away afterwards so yeah but a Burning Man yeah. bike's kind of a one-time bike situation. It's pretty uh, hard on bikes. It's pretty hard on yeah. DJ equipment. It's pretty hard on everything that you take out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, good. Well, and, but you're still working at the same place. I'm still working at the same place. Yep. And just launched a, a website for Q&A for our community, which I'm pretty uh, pleased that we finally got. Because I know that they wanted me to do that right away when I arrived in, um, in 2020 in september of 2020 they were like we need this and i'm like you don't need it yet don't have enough you know traffic for this yet and i was right but then of course it takes longer than you expect to build a thing i should have started sooner uh we definitely need it now (laughs) (laughs) and it's going pretty well it's called curious curious curious.cribble.io anyway okay and it, it makes it so customers or users of the software can ask questions and then the Cribble people will respond or other users will respond? Other users, uh, also Cribble employees, yes, whoever. We we, uh, we award upgoats and Cribbloons. You get points for helping other people and for for generally being awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. Upgoats I got and it. Cribbloons. <laughs> I know, right? 
<laughs> yeah, our unofficial uh, company mascot is a goat named Ian because we're Kribling Ians. Okay. Okay, uh, okay. And so, yeah, things are related to goats. And then, yeah, the points are Kribbloons, but not Kribble Coin. We're not doing an e currency. We're not doing that. Not yet. Nope. Not at all. Ever. <laughs> yet. It might oh, be 20 okay, years Val. in your future, but you oh, either die a startup future. or you live long enough to become a DAO. To mint your uh, NFT. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, yeah, maybe after I leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. And then one last question. Have you been getting out uh, in the Rona times? Are you feeling freedom or are you being very conservative still? I'm still feeling really conservative. Uh, but um, a while back, the neighbor ladies in my neighborhood planned a trip um, because one of the ladies uh, is undergoing cancer treatment and she was, you know, they schedule your chemo for different for different time slots so she knew she she knew she was going to go back and do chemo and so that sucks and you can't really go do anything you just feel terrible when that's going on so this the ladies planned to take her to go to victoria uh which is not very far from here but in canada like completely different country (laughs) completely different uh so we booked a couple of suites at this nice hotel and we booked a table for going out for fancy high tea in Victoria. Um, and we took the ferry over and it was really, I mean, I was pretty stressed out about it, but we, we, we you, you were know, stressed out masks. about the COVID of it or you were yeah. stressed out about, okay. Yeah. Mostly okay. the COVID of it. Um, but we were all, we were very careful. We wore our masks everywhere indoors we did eat a meal inside, which I had not done, like in a restaurant. Uh, and so that was stressful for me, but it was okay. Um, the The vaccination rates there are very high. Although while we were there, there was an anti-vax protest in front of the the parliament buildings in Victoria. But yeah, it was an overnight, one somebody, night trip. Somebody drove up a Tonka truck and hung out a Canadian flag and parked uh, it, it out a- front. It was loud and kind of, you know, there weren't that many people, but they sure made yeah. a lot of noise. So oh, that's interesting. That's how you do it. And uh, yeah, I'm planning on going to some events this summer. Going to go to DEF CON. Uh, I'm going to attend another thing for work in Vegas also, like DEF CON. And I, I'm, I'm definitely not super comfortable with that, but... Uh, I also am going to get my second booster shot soon. I'm going to be able to wear a mask almost the entire time. The casinos in Vegas are huge and extremely well ventilated because they let people smoke in there. And if you can't smell the smoke, then you're probably okay. But I'm just telling myself all these things because I, you know, I feel like everyone else is pretending like this is done and it's not done, but I got to live. So We'll yep. see how it goes. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yep. Doing my best. Um, well, what when did you? we, I think the last episode we recorded might've been January. Cause I think I had just gotten over COVID. Uh, oh, maybe. Cause, cause I got it in January. I don't remember when we recorded it, but it's, it's been a while, uh, yeah, but I got COVID ready in January. To ship it soon. Mm. Right. And, uh, oh yeah. I haven't even shipped that. Ah, so ah, you shipped it to woo. me. The holdup is yeah, now me. Still. Um, but yeah you had COVID and it was not that bad no no it wasn't just not that bad it was the mildest cold I've ever had in my life like Mm -hmm. it it 
if there wasn't a global pandemic, I, I would not have just not gotten tested or, you know, not stayed home. I would have not thought twice about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I had a scratchy throat and a little bit of a runny nose and, you know, four hours later was completely fine. Yeah. Um, your immune system and, took uh, care of it. It's great. Well, I mean, I was, I got my booster shot the day before I tested positive. So, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> Fully vaccinated. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> they fought it out in your body while you were, yeah. That's right. Well, well and I'm I was really glad like, it wasn't bad. I'm super glad you did not have a bad time with it. Oh, yeah. No, and most people I know are fine. But yeah, some people don't have it easy. Um, there was, I was at a conference last week. I was speaking at a conference last week. And there was a small breakout uh, outbreak uh, uh, as a result of that oh, conference. A breakout at a conference is entirely no, different no, no, no. from an yes, outbreak an at a outbreak. conference. There yeah. was a small outbreak. And uh, several people pinged me to be like, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, we're not. Uh, uh, yeah. Eek. But, yeah, uh, I'm timing my second booster shot. I've been having it in a couple of weeks. And then the first thing that I have in Vegas is in June. And the second thing, DEF CON, is in August. So hoping that, you know, because they're they're finding that the, the vaccines are not, you know, they're not, they don't last super long. Yeah. So they're you got to like just keep doing it. Or something now. Yeah. So, so yeah, going to try and time it so I don't, uh, I don't have to suffer the consequences of my actions. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yeah, yep, dude. yep. I hear it. So what's going well, on? Why have you been yeah. so hippie? Why won't you talk so, to me, man? <laughs> yeah, so it's been a long several months and there has been a lot happening. I um we had decided around August of last year that we'd really like to be in Europe by August of this year. And so um wait, started wait, looking into let's stop with that. Why? Oh, Why did well, you make first that of all, decision? I mean, so, so a lot of people have pressed me on this a little bit. And um, there, it, it seems that part of the impetus for the question is the assumption of stability. And it's unusual to choose the opposite, where in my family, the assumption is, of course, we're moving on to the next thing. And it's unusual to choose the opposite. And we've stayed put impression. for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a long it's been time. Yeah. It's a really it's the longest I've been in one place since I was 10. Wow. Uh, the first time I lived in Denver. And I mean, by a wide margin, like the next longest we were somewhere was four years, and that was longer than most of other the rest of them by two years. So um we're used to a lot of change. Part of our reason to move here was to give our kids some stability after we had been through a lot of change. Um and We've always kind of wanted to live along the Mediterranean and uh, Europe has kind of been on the radar as like, you know, we've, we've, I, I lived in the Middle East, I've lived in uh, China and like, it'd be kind of fun to go to a Western uh, culture where, you know, it's, it's nice to uh, not stick out like a sore thumb just because of the way that I look. Now, mm -hmm. uh, half of my family doesn't look like me and so they stick out differently than me. So that affects all kinds <laughs> of things, but there's certain parts of the world where it's different, right? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, in Asia, I stand out in a different way than I do in Europe um, until I open my mouth and, and uh, then there's, that's another story. But um, so we looked at that for a while. We've kind of always wanted that lifestyle. I love the mountains of Colorado. I love the winter and the cold. Uh, my wife is not a fan of the cold. She loves the mountains, but um, always has been more of a beach person. Mm -hmm. So we looked at a couple different things. And then in August or 
yeah, was it August? Around July or August last year, my brother moved to Barcelona because he is a professor at a university and he got a sabbatical year. And that was sort of the tipping point for well, me. You're like, I was well, like, no, you're gonna fuck do you it. very much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, he took his whole family. He has four kids as well. And, uh, and they had a blast. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming home in a month or so. And, um, I think they had a really good time. We, we, we went and visited. So I was in Europe a month ago. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that was, that was kind of the, the tipping point is like, no, we really want this and we keep putting it off for all kinds of different reasons. And it's time to just go do the things that, uh, we really care about doing. And it, for us, adventure and new places is like one of our favorite things. Like okay. I can't, the whole family is excited about this idea. Well, I mean, my kids at different varying levels, but uh, my wife and I extremely. Um, the, uh, I will say like the stress of moving a family of six to another country later in, you know, like <laughs> Damn, I, yeah. I moved to China when I was single. I met my wife there. She's from the States, but we met there, you know, we, so we went, I went from a single guy to a married guy to one, you know, an infant that can't really move around to two kids. Like I, I eased myself in. Uh, to life in China. And by the time I had four kids, I spoke Chinese really well. And I knew the culture and I knew how to get around. And I knew, you know, I don't speak any European languages, uh, you know, other than English, if that counts. I mean, it's still Europe, technically. It's not the EU anymore. Um, and uh, and I, there's a lot of cultural things that I don't understand. Um, and it is a lot more stressful to make this happen. But despite yeah. all the stress... It's still it. very much what I want. It's mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's okay. no question that this is what we want. So. Yeah, you like change um, and I like stability. We're just we could not be more different. <laughs> Cuz like you're uh, you're you're talking about the idea that it's 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 a good idea to get up and move and shake things up and and be in a different place and establish yourself once again somewhere else. Like I feel like it would be difficult to to invest in anything like you're sitting in a room that you put together in your garage like you knew that when you started working on this room that you were probably going to be leaving within the next couple of years how do you get motivated to to do stuff like that to to work on pro like be involved locally get involved at uh, all? I, i'm i have a horrible t I, I don't i don't spend money on shit in part because i don't think i'm gonna hang on to it yeah uh, you know like, all, like, it also all kind of makes sense yeah my lifestyle is very transient always has been uh and i mean you know we were in china for 10 years we collected things over 10 years but we also we bought beautiful ming dynasty furniture and then we moved four times over 10 years and it all got you know slowly Thanks. destroyed yeah. and moves and you had to disconnect your heart from those things too um so mm -hmm. yeah there's I don't invest well. I mean, is the yeah. short answer to that, but um, only on things yeah. that you know so, you're going to take with you. That's right. Well, so, anyway, so we yeah. we decided <laughs> we want to move to Europe. So I started looking into a couple different ways to make that happen. Considered changing jobs uh, completely because um, I, I don't think it was going to make sense for me to stay the president of Fairwinds and move to Europe. Uh, so we did make some changes, and, and officially, as of uh, two weeks ago, my my titles changed to tech evangelist and advisor of Fairwinds, and uh, I've General also taken about. a few. That's right. I've I've also taken on a few other things. Um, so uh, I'm working for a couple different places, and this is going to give me the flexibility to move to Portugal. I like it because I Portugal. get to stay involved. Uh, yep, the plan is Portugal. Yep, um, and I'll, I'll come back to that, I guess, in a second. But, I'm like, you just um, let that it, slip. Boom. 
no, but I, I was I was keeping that keeping that on the DL there until right there. Um, so yeah, so the, and the plan is to be there before the next school year. So we, there's a lot of unknowns. We might just simply not pull it off, right? Like announcing in a podcast, we're going to Portugal, we're and then Portugal. a year from now, I'm still in the states. That is a very real possibility. There is so many eyes to be dotted and T's to be crossed, and we're working very hard. And we've hired a relocation company, and we're working through the paperwork. But only one of my four children was born in the United States, and so getting a Hague apostille uh, for four birth certificates when they were all born in different places this is an incredible lift. And um, I'm glad you're hiring someone to take care of the details of that. Well, it's more that we hire somebody to talk us through it all. They don't just do the thing for us because most oh, of it has no. to be done from here. And most of it has to be, you know, I have to notarize and then I have to ship it off to get apostilled in Washington, D.C. or in Texas or in Wait, Colorado. What is apostille? Um, what is that that you're saying? An apostille, it's like a notary, but it's it's a notary for any country that's a member of the Hague Convention. Oh, um, Okay. So it's it's a Hague Convention recognized notary. The problem is, is that the standard for an apostille is much higher. So like the U.S. consulate, because one of my kids has a consular report of birth abroad, uh, when you ship it off to Washington, D.C., they, the, at least the website says, I don't know, this, this seems mind-boggling to me. There's no way this actually happens. But it says they have to find the original officer who signed the document and get them to confirm that it's their signature before like like this guy's gonna know he signed a consular what report happens if that person died ago. like what, oh yeah what, I don't, yeah I mean, seriously uh that's ridiculous but you know far more ridiculous and infuriating things are happening in the federal government right now so you know there you go that's yeah. that's one way to look at it. context <laughs> uh, there's a perspective for you context is king uh, that's right well so anyway so well, there's career change stuff happening. Um, there's life change stuff happening. I'm trying to sort the visa. Once that, you know, you can still see my office is still decorated. Um, you can see that. I guess the, the audience can yeah, see yeah. that. But the moment I decorated, the, the there is a there is a big stick in the corner that is wrapped in yarn. Is it wrapped in? People, in, uh, people do ask me about the stick. A it's lot. not a. It's yeah, not one of those like uh, um, shaky sticks, right? It's not a rain stick. It's just a stick that has it's been decorated. Just a stick. I mean, uh, technically, a, a Christmas tree is the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So this stick was not decorated for the first three years it was in my office, and uh, then my daughter decorated it for me. And there's some yeah. guitars on the wall too. Yeah, there's a guitar on the wall, and then oh, there's wow. an outlet, and I know there's a couch back there. There's a there's an outlet at uh, head eyeball height uh, in the yeah yeah no there's some stories behind some of that uh, okay. anyways um, so yeah there's a lot that has to happen in the next few months and uh, and it's a little overwhelming and I'm very excited about it but it's also a little overwhelming uh -huh. um, so but so yeah, yeah. This, this work changes so you're like fractional C CTO situation is that what is going on here yeah I mean it's not uh necessarily all CTO e things there's there's companies where that's what I'm helping with I mean the things that I'm good at are the people connecting and the people leadership and mm -hmm. so there's places where the yeah, there's places where the people connecting is more partnerships or strategic business development there's places where the people connecting is more um corporate development. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that can go, but uh, uh, 
that's where I'm finding the niche. Now, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I am a generalist leader. You can plug me in anywhere and I'm going to do well and I'm going to leave behind somebody who does better than me because most people are better at most things than me <laughs> or at something than me. Because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a like very the, good generalist. So. The strengths that you're talking about, like connecting people and, and um, you know, like getting to know what the needs are and, and making sure people have what they need, all that stuff. That's very much like community leadership is, you know, kind of digging yes. in with the, the people that you're trying to keep together as a group or bring together to do something, you know, whatever it is. Like, that's the first thing I often I ask people when they, they come to me and they're like, I get a lot of informational interviews for like, how do you, what should I do? I have been tasked with creating a community program. What does that even mean? And the first question is, what do you want your community to do for you? Yeah. Uh, and so is that how you approach these kinds of things where you're trying to build a partnership is, what does everybody want out of this? What is the, you know, is that, how do you get into that part when you're not necessarily originally from either org you're working with or either? Well, yeah. I mean, the first things are just general leadery things where it's show up, build trust, establish trust. So like, I need to put a huge disclaimer on this. Could well be somebody's listening to this and is like, well, I hired Kendall and he's shit at that. He was so, terrible. You know, like, this is, yeah, there's there's no like, it's I not like I've been doing this I would like to think that you'd know uh, if, you, if someone hired you well, and you did badly. You were, that would, I would like, like would... to think that too. But if you know me at all, you know that I'm going to fail on the side of arrogance and not self-awareness. Uh, so like, let's just be It's good that you know honest. that about yourself. That's super meta, actually. Oh, so... Yeah, and and it's it's getting to know the people, build trust, and then figure out what are they good at, what do they need help with, and a lot of the what are you good at is um, there are a lot of people who are very good at things in roles all over the place where they just don't have the confidence that they're actually good at it because they think they're going to reach some pinnacle or some title or some whatever, and suddenly you know the sky is going to open and the light's going to shine down and they're going to be anointed as good at it and then they're going to feel good at it when you know they can be it's a CEO so of some massive corporation. <laughs> yeah, and they're still going to feel inadequate when like even though they're really actually pretty damn good at the thing. So a lot of it is just encouraging people, helping them understand what they are good at but then also helping them offload the things they're not good at because you can work, you can spend 80% of your time trying to do the 10% of shit that you don't do well. Uh, but it's not yeah. usually a very good. We had someone a long time ago on the show talk about that. I think it was, um, oh man. Uh, they worked, I think at UCLA. No, I can't remember, but they said that, uh, in addition to the lot, a lot of the awesome stuff, they talked about building relationships because they were there for a long time. Uh, they talked about, um, the idea that you, you know, you, you kind of have to pick what you invest in for yourself based on what you're good at initially, rather than, you know, there's some things you're going to work on forever and you're never going to get good at them. And is that a good use of your time? That was the kind of thing that that I was interested in there. One hundred percent. That's why you yeah, offload that. So so I you know I'm still figuring out where I fit, what it looks like. I'm talking to lots of people that are interested in hiring me for this or that, and uh, I'm trying to be judicious about what I accept, how I'm using my time, uh, and I you know I. I I don't have any of it figured out, right? Mm -hmm. But at least I'm not making an international move at the same time, because otherwise that would be crazy. That would be um, ridiculous, but, uh, Kendall. Who would even do that? <laughs> the good news is, is that, you know, increasingly, and lately I've been thinking a lot about the, like, why am I in business? Uh, 
why do I work? You know, other than I need to support my family, which is mm -hmm. the first thing, like in the hierarchy of needs, there needs to be money in so that there's food on the table so that we can feed the people that we need to feed. That's yeah. at the top or the base or whatever it is. Um, how does the, the hierarchy of needs work? It's the base. The base. Yeah, okay. yeah. If that's your that primary requirement is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but further up, the things that keep me going are, you know, creating work environments that are encouraging for people, exciting. For, we all have to work. And I want the people who, okay, most of us have to work. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, so I want to be a part of creating work environments that are encouraging to people, psychologically delightful for people. I want, you know, there's a difference between work where you show up and you work on shit you're actually good at and you have fun doing it and you, you see a meaningful change somewhere for it. And there's work where you hate what you're doing, you're bad at it, you grind away and you get beat up by a boss for being shit at it. You know, like that's, it's a different, it's a very, very different space to live in. And, and so being able to spread my wings and be involved in a couple other things and hopefully be a part of creating more environments like that. And there's no guarantee that I'm doing that or doing that well, but that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, but you're, is, yeah, you're working on that. <clears throat> and it's meeting my why and exciting mm -hmm. me about what I, and, and I like that I'm still very involved in Fairwinds uh, to be clear. And, and that's oh, yeah. not going to turn down. So um, I'm excited yeah. about that. But, I'm uh, glad. I mean, there are, I feel like there are a lot of people who don't think about that. Why? I mean, the, the, the basic underlying, Oh God, I have to pay all the bills and support my family stuff is so huge to them that they don't think about the higher levels. And then when they get to the point of maybe not having to do that work, you know, maybe they've worked long enough, they, they kind of get lost. And a lot of people are, are asking me, you know, because I'm planning on retiring, uh, is that they're asking me like, well, how do you, you know, what are you going to do with yourself all day? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many plans. I have so many plans that aren't about working for a company that I don't control or that, you know, yeah. especially given the, the current environment, you know, the current environment, the current situation politically, the current state of the world, all of those things are so much more overarching in my brain than the day-to-day -day of, you know, working at a tech company. Like, it's a great company. I I think people who work there love working there. It's a great environment, but I'm just having a hard time caring. And I feel like I should care if I'm going to work somewhere, you know? Yeah. So I've yeah. been thinking about that kind well, of stuff a lot. You you chose this country. You didn't you didn't have to. Oh, I'm not talking just about America. <laughs> to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Which which I should say like this isn't a driving issue in me wanting to live outside the US, but it sure is a nice to have. When you're American and you live in America and you're frustrated by the things going on in the political situation, like it's it's like and it's also my job to go help fix it. And I feel overwhelmed by it. And I don't know how to change. And I recognize I'm talking to a person who is heavily involved in activism and does help change those things. But it's overwhelming for me in a way that like, when I'm outside of the country, I can be like, wow, America's fucked up right now. Yeah, but like, look at that dumpster know. fire over there. Yeah, well, like, I'm going to vote, but like, I'm not, I'm not real involved. And then whatever country I'm also in, you know, I'm, I'm visiting, I can be like, oh, this place is a dumpster fire too, but not my problem, you know? And like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is very hand wavy and stupid, especially for a person who grew up in democracy to take it for that big of, 
you know, take it for granted that much. Uh, but um, I try to stay involved in the ways that I can, but there is some psychological distance from, uh, oh, yeah. for it, for, for me. Oh so. yeah. I have had a lot of moments lately where I'm like, why do I even fucking bother? Like, uh, uh, why does anyone even bother? And a lot of people are just giving up. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really unfortunate and I'm really glad that I got involved in some local things so that I can definitely see Chain. Yeah, it's, it's possible to have an impact, but it's also it, it, seeing how those, the, the stuff happening up top rolls downhill. It also is kind of like, why do I even bother? I'm having, I'm struggling with that right now. Um, yeah. and it is, I go through a cycle of like, well, I have it pretty good here. Why don't I just enjoy the things that I have, you know, enjoy my sewing underpants, enjoy my like looking out at the water, enjoy my going to the farmer's market on my fancy new bike and pretend that the rest of the, you know, I'm not having kids. I'm not going to need to have an abortion. I'm not likely to need a lot of the things that are getting taken away at the moment. I am super privileged. Uh, but, and then I go through this, but like, well, <laughs> there you go. I'm super privileged. How dare I enjoy my life? And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, you know, you have to, you yeah. have to allow yourself to enjoy things, but it's also, you know, it's a harder it's environment than it's been in other times. It's you have to, you have to also maintain an understanding of how the world impacts other people or else you lose yeah. touch, right? You become completely isolated, but being isolated yeah. sounds pretty great right now, you know? I mean, regard. that's a little bit of what I'm saying. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, the the other thing, and this is this is a tangent, but as a people connector, you know, I really like knowing people, caring about people, connecting people to things. You know, I was I I got to uh, host a, a meetup that I've been running for many years in Denver. Um, two nights ago. And there was a lot of like, hey, you come over here, meet this person, you need to talk about this thing that's maybe relevant to both of you. And they get super excited about that. And hey, you, you need to come over here and meet this person and talk, you yeah. know, like, I love that. That's that, super that fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it gets me excited. But um, I'm excited to go to Europe and network there. And yeah. uh, learn the new ways. Yeah. So um, I really we'll hope see. it's fantastic. So Portugal, so Portugal and little tiny town in the south of Portugal is the plan. Uh, again, until we're there, it's not nailed down. Yeah, it might not happen. Yeah. Well, there's some complexities in the visa process that we do not have figured out. And uh, uh, I think we will, but who knows? And I don't know if we'll sol solve them in time for school, but I've paid a deposit for the school, so I sure hope so. And uh, <laughs> we're doing, you know, my kids keep asking me, Dad, what what percentage would you say we're certain that we're, or, or what percentage would you say it is that we're going, you know, like, are You're we 80% like, mm. going to go? And I'm like, well, we're a hundred percent trying. Uh, oh, that's thanks dad. So, yeah. You know, they, they, they <laughs> wish it was more, uh, more for certain, but, uh, anyways. Yeah, I sure yeah. would. I would have a lot of trouble with that. So I feel you kids. I feel you. Your dad's yeah. nuts. Your dad is. <laughs> oh, my, their dad is nuts, but I'm, I think, I think I'm going to learn to sail. And I'm going to live on a beach oh, and my wife's nice. going to be someplace that's hot all year or warm all year round. And mm -hmm. uh, there's mountains and there's beach and it's going to be a small walkable city. And I'm going to be able to sit anywhere and drink port because I was in Spain and Portugal a month ago. I, I touched on this. I went and visited my brother in Spain. Mm -hmm. He and his oldest daughter and me and my oldest daughter flew down to southern Spain, rented a car drove across the southern Spanish coast into Portugal, stayed a couple places in Portugal, drove up to Lisbon, drove up to Porto. Um, Spain is nice. 
I like Portugal nicer, better. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and I really like port a lot more than I like vermouth, Spanish vermouth. <laughs> uh, and, uh, awesome. I'm very excited about this it. This sounds lovely. Excited. It sounds really great. I hope that it, I hope it comes through. Although I don't know what we're going to do about this podcast, dude. We'll have to figure it out. Watch, it's, there's the there's an internet. What do you mean? It's not like, <laughs> not like we can't talk on the internet. I mean, your time zone is particularly difficult with Portugal, but, uh, mm -hmm. but we can figure that out. We'll figure also, it out. you need to come visit me. Yeah, I would like that. I would like that a lot. Darren and I are plan and planning. Come to amazing places. Well, we would probably go to New York and then take a ship to uh, to Southampton, take the Queen Mary too, which we've done before. Uh, and then, Does Canada have the TSA? You can't you just go up to Canada and fly? I can, yeah. And I mean, I have been. I've flown a couple of times recently uh, in the last six months compared to not having flown at all in the previous like 15 years or whatever it's been. <clears throat> uh, in fact, I had not flown commercially from within the U.S. since January of 2010 until wow. this past November. And I had to go to years. Oakland that was a joke. And, that was a callback to earlier. Well, yes. Good job. Good job, Kendall. <laughs> you got him, got him backwards. Uh, men are terrible at math. Did you know that? Um, wow. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. I like that. That was very uh, good. This is my sample of one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've completely derailed me. But no, so, so yeah, I have, and I'm, you know, I have been flying because partly because um, Amtrak is super disrupted at the moment. Man, we're running long today, but that's okay. It's been a while. It's okay. Uh, Amtrak is super disrupted by pandemic and by uh, like freight rail and and the environment also being you know things being on fire and stuff, uh, and so you never really know how when you're going to arrive. It's, anecdotally, it's a lot worse than it has been, which it was never super great. And then also the air is not ventilated; it's not uh, filtered the way that it is on planes. So I have kind of you know my decision making process around safety is now. I'm probably going to fly rather than take the train uh, because it's going to be shorter time crammed in with other people of unknown provenance and the air quality is going to be better. And I can wear a mask during that time. Uh, you know, whereas on, yeah. on a train that would be like 36 hours of wearing a mask in my yeah, own tiny compartment. So yeah, yeah, I, it's not great, but that's how I'm, that's, that's my process at the moment. So, you know, maybe yeah. I would fly, but we'd probably take a train, uh, take the, take a ship and then take a train to come out there. Well, you should come to Portugal once I get I there. I like that. And you should I would come like that a lot. But, anyways. Yeah. Well, we should wrap up, but uh, we will have on other guests at some point in the not too distant future. We did record an episode many months ago that we will yeah. finally ship. And Apologize uh, to our guest for having it take so long. We are sorry that... Yeah, that we have the authority to have issues. Yeah, uh, right. we have the authority to have issues. Sounds good. Um, okay. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks.